Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I'd like to direct your attention on this Pentecost Sunday to the book of Acts chapter 1. Book of Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. He's talking about his book called the book or the gospel of Luke. This is Luke writing here. And he says, Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them, 40 days. Note that. Seen of him 40 days. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanded, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? They were still short-sighted. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the season which a father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. My my topic and title today is simply this, Wait, Then Go. Say that with me. Wait, Then Go. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We praise you, Lord, to be here. We celebrate today your goodness, your power, your mercy, your strength. Help us, God, as we we deliver your word today. I need you today. I need you to be clear in my mind today. Father, I pray for strength and anointing. We trust you today in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wait, then go. Lord bless you. You can be seated.
Consider with me for a moment the overall package and agenda of God. The Bible is about a king and his kingdom. Sadly, it has been distorted to be about a religion, but it is not about a religion. A religion is about rituals and rites. It is not the formal, the word of God and its content is not the formal development of even an organization. It is the birth, rather, of a living movement. The plan of God is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about redemption and relationships. Scriptures reveal to us how our king is immortal, invisible, and the only wise God. He created man to establish a kingdom in the physical, visible world that would mirror the invisible world in which our king resides. Jesus, when he came, said that his kingdom was not of this world, that it was in the world, but it was not of this world. The kingdom of heaven doesn't function like other nations. The disciples were short-sighted because they were thinking that Jesus was coming to restore the kingdom to Israel, but really he was coming to restore the kingdom of God as was intended from the beginning. We find that when John the Baptist came upon the scene, this man in a unique way preached a message, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What was he saying? The king is coming. The king is coming. You will find that Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And he emerged after 40 days of fasting and prayer. He emerged victorious. And his first recorded public statement was this, Matthew 4 and 17. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus continued the concept of John the Baptist. Repent, for the kingdom is at hand. Jesus came to bring a solution to humanity's wounds and woes. Jesus came to bring salvation to humanity's sin and suffering. He came to offer to earth the the solution to the question of evil and of good and right and wrong. Amen. And it is capsulized in the preaching of the gospel. In Matthew 9 and 35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and doing what? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus preached and presented the kingdom of God as a new covenant that would change the world. Jesus pushed this coming kingdom as the official answer to what the world needs. When you follow Jesus and his story, you will see that Jesus said to those disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to put you on a mission. I'm going to put you on a duty. I'm going to put you on on, on the word go. 
And toward the end of his ministry, you will find that Jesus said in, in both Matthew, Mark, and Luke, as it was recorded, what is known as the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Mark 16 and 15, Jesus said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The kingdom has a go mentality. The kingdom has a go mission. Amen. You take the go out of the gospel, as somebody said, and all you have is a spell. We are to go. God has commissioned the church, go preach, go teach, go reach, go heal, go baptize, go make disciples, go advance my kingdom, Jesus said. Go and grow. Amen. <clears throat> go is a great word. Go is an inspiring word. Go is a word of challenge and adventure. Go is a mission word. God wants his people to be willing to go. The church was never intended to be just simply some uh, 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 building that is uh, that people visit just once a week and that's their experience with God. The church is never meant to be just an organization that becomes a denomination that becomes dead. God intended for his church to be moving forward, to be moving out, to be reaching out. Somebody say go. God has a, a, an idea for his church and that is to go. We find that Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 18 when he said to Peter's revelation that he was the Christ, that Jesus was the Christ, he said, Thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. Not a building with a steeple, but people. People, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I've come to tell you that the agenda of the, the ultra left or even ultra right is not going to prevail against the church. Amen. This world and all of its concepts, the Antichrist is not going to prevail against the church. Hallelujah. If you're a part of the church, you're a part of go. You're a part of moving forward. You're a part of advancing. You're a part of prevailing. You're a part of overcoming. Amen. We are to now pray as Jesus stated. Amen. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He wants his kingdom message. He wants the gospel to be preached all around the world. In Africa, in Russia, in China, in Medora. God wants it to be preached all around the world because his concept is go. He wants to go change families' lives. He wants to go change the drunkard's life. He wants to go and change the drug addict's life. He wants us to go. Amen. A lost world needs a going church. A hurting world needs a go church. The darkness around us today needs light that goes, takes it to school, takes it to the job, takes it to wherever you go. Amen. Somebody say go. Jesus declared it. He said in Mark 16 and 15, Go ye, not just his disciples, but everyone. 
Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, he, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And then he said, these are the signs of a going church. These are the signs that shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Go. In my name they will speak with new tongues. Go. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Go. Go heal the sick. Go cast out devils. Go preach liberty to those that are bound. Go. Go. He also said in Matthew 28 and 18, All power is given unto me, Jesus said, in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, teaching them to observe all things. Do you believe the disciples did that? Whatsoever I've commanded, and lo, I am with you always, even to uh, even at the end of the world. Amen. Jesus is all about go. From the cross, let's go to the, the cross and put some context behind this story. From the cross to Pentecost is 50 days. 50 days. Jesus was crucified, was buried and rose from the grave, and then he spent 40 days speaking the things pertaining to the kingdom. Acts 1 and 3 tells us. He spent 40 days investing, teaching, training, equipping, and telling them, can you imagine that Bible school? Can you imagine the resurrected Lord sitting in front of you? The one who you watch die, the one who you watch suffer is now resurrected and he's teaching you the things pertaining unto the kingdom. Amen, Brother Wanniger. I'd love to have been in that Bible study. I'd love to hear what he said to those disciples. But what he was doing is that he was setting them up to go. And when Peter stood up and proclaimed, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, where did he get that idea? Forty days of Bible training, amen, of a resurrected Lord that taught them the things pertaining to the kingdom. Remember, Jesus is about advancing his kingdom. Some have said that the last command of Jesus was, go ye, the great commission. To go. The disciples are chomping at the bits to do just what he said, but yet they needed 40 days of teaching. They served and listened to the resurrected Lord. They had already healed the sick. They were ready to go. They had already cast out devils. They were ready to go. So they thought. They were waiting to hear the words, turn me loose, Jesus. Turn me loose. I'll go do it. Turn me loose. Amen. But what was the last command of the Lord was not go, but rather it was wait. 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 Hallelujah. He told them in Luke 24 and verse 46, he said, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, 
Sound like go, doesn't it? Beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But, but, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until, but, I'm telling you to go. I want you to go, but why I want you to wait, first of all, and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Don't go without the power. Wait for the power. Amen. There's a lot of passion, but passion without the anointing is dangerous. There's a lot of people chomping at the bits to do something. But to do something without the uh, a Holy Ghost power is dangerous. Anybody beside me hate waiting? Can I get all my brothers and sisters that are, don't like waiting to just raise your hand? What's wrong with the rest of you folks? You like waiting? <laughs> I don't like waiting. I, don't, I look for the shortest line. And I don't like self-checkout, but I'll go self-checkout real quickly if there's a big line. I mean, I'm paying for this. The least you could do is check this out for me. Can I get a witness? We live in an impatient world. We don't like to wait. Lines at the register. Gets too long, too slow. We begin to blame the store for being inept. My goodness, can't they get another wait, you know, cashier here? What's going on? My tea is getting down to the bottom. Where is that waitress? Oh, there's a word. Wait. She's just doing her job. Wait. Wait. I can remember when magazines was a big deal. You go into a, a doctor's office and you begin to thumb through the magazine. Now they just sit and collect dust because people have got their pads and their iPhones and, and they're looking at something and, 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 and we don't like to wait. That magazine is now two years old and it's you know out of date, so we want new. We want new. We don't like to wait. Amen. If the ten cars in front of us do not immediately move, when the light turns green, we exercise our right and freedom of expression. Hang, 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 hang. There are ten cars ahead of you. Mm. Our, our culture is conditioned to instant. Need this instantly. Kids are being told or made to feel like, well, I get married, I need exactly what mom and dad have. I need what mom and dad have. I want the same kind of car, the same kind of house that they have worked 30, 40 years for. I want that right now. Give it to me right now. And so they go plunge themselves into deep debt, and then they're swirling around later on and can't get out. People don't like to wait. I don't like to fish. I like to catch. Quickly. I don't like soaking worms. I see you, Brother Bobby. There's an agreement. I got friends that like to fish, and they'll stay out there all day soaking that worm, that bait. That's just great. I want to go. 
I want to go. Uh-huh. My, my dad tells a story about one of my relatives, uh, an aunt or an uncle that was fishing with the, the cane pole and, 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 and bobbing that out there and fishing. And there was a frog next to him that just went jerk, 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 all day long. Jerk, 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 jerk. Finally, my, my, my uncle took that pole and tried to hit that frog and said, You jerk! I've jerked all day long and caught nothing. We don't like to wait. Human nature. We like to go. Amen. People do a lot of things while they wait. Got to wait. First thing we do is. Facebook. Oh, no. Instagram. Oh, no. Twitter. Oh, no. Yeah. Got to wait. Got to wait. Am I talking your language today? We get busy. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. Jesus taught his disciples for 40 days, and then he said, you got to wait 10. you got to wait. you got to wait. Go back to Acts chapter 1 and verse 12. So they returned. Then returned they unto Jerusalem. After Jesus told them to go back to Jerusalem and tarry. From the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room. And there where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon Zealot, and the brother Judas, the brother of James. These all, notice what they did, continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brethren. So they went back to Jerusalem. They continued in the upper room and they were praying while they were waiting. They were praying while the, and the word supplication here is a word that means to pray passionately, earnestly. So they were praying but they're also they're in it. I mean, you've been sitting at the feet of a resurrected Lord and now you're waiting for something that you have never experienced before. You don't know what is coming. All you know is Jesus said, wait before you go. And as they're waiting in that place, they're praying and they're seeking. Here's a lesson that you and I need to understand is that if God has promised you something, there's going to be seasons of waiting. There's going to be a time that God's going to say, wait, but I want to go. But God says, wait, before you can go, you need something that's going to help you in the go, that's going to help you in the commission. A lot of people want to run their life, run their their marriage, run their world, run their relationships with the concept of, I've got this. But God said, you need to wait. You need to wait. You need to wait. And while you're waiting, as the disciples did, there must be prayer and supplication. Something I want to throw out to you is that it's real easy to understand and think that the only place is that for those 10 days, they just stayed in the upper room. 
That'd been a stinky place after 10 days with 120 people in an upper room waiting, waiting, waiting. But that's not exactly what they did during those 10 days. Go back to Luke. And again, remember, Luke is the same one writing the book of Acts that wrote the book of Luke. Luke 24 and 50. And he led them, speaking of Jesus, out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Then notice this, and were continually in the temple praising God and blessing God. Amen. They were continually in the temple. They didn't just stay in the upper room, but they were going continually. That's regularly. Amen. However often they went to the temple and worshiped and praised God. So while you're waiting, you need the church. While you're waiting, you need to go to church. While you're waiting, you need to praise God. Well, it's not happening for me yet. I don't have this yet. God's not sending my, my, my promises coming, but it's not happening for me yet. Amen. What do you do? Twiddle your thumbs? Flip on your phone? No, go to the house of God and lift your hands and say, God, while I'm waiting, I'm praising. While I'm waiting, I'm rejoicing. While I'm waiting, I'm going to stay close to your house. But then they went back to the upper room and they were with their brothers and sisters in the house as it were. Everywhere you look at the early church, they continued daily in the temple and went house to house praising God. Sunday morning is not enough. Sunday night is not enough. Tuesday night is not enough. you got to be an all day, all week, 24-7 seeker of God and say not only am I going to worship here, I'm going to pray at home. I'm going to seek God at home. I'm going to, why? I'm waiting. I don't know what. I promise. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Oh, thank you, Lord. To those of you that are single, to those of you that are looking for a life mate, I want to commission you. Keep going to church. Keep worshiping. Keep loving God. Keep lifting up your voice, but then go home and continue praying with your family. Talk to your parents. Talk to your brothers and sisters. Pray. Let's pray together about this. Can you lift your hands right now and let's worship the Lord in this place? Hallelujah. 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 So what did they do while they were waiting? Praising, worshiping. Praying earnestly, continually in the temple, regularly, frequently, in a manner that is not interrupted. They were in the upper room with their, their fellow disciples. They worshiped corporately, and they worshiped with their disciples, their brothers and sisters, waiting, praying earnestly. Here's the thing you've got to understand about God's purpose. God is looking to empower what he wants to deploy. God is looking to empower 
what he wants to deploy. But we must wait, as Jesus said, for the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is that if you will wait, God will show up. If you will wait, God will show up. Waiting is connecting to expectation. What are you waiting for? I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting God to come through. Amen. Too often we want to rush into what we want to do and we think it is the will of God. Jesus said go, so I'm going to go. I am going to go. I'm just going to get out there and do it. I'm just going to do it right here, right now. You better wait for God's timing. You better wait for God's timing. Moses killed an Egyptian. He knew that was part of his purpose, was to free the people of Israel. But he killed an Egyptian when he should have waited. Samson lost his hair and his anointing when he should have waited for God to give him the right woman. Saul lost his kingdom because he sacrificed when he should have waited. He should have waited. Simon thought he was ready to go. I love Simon Peter. He has zero patience. He was ready to go. He took his sword out and whacked off a guy's ear, thinking he got, go. Let's get this. I'll take care of this right now. I'll show you. Should have waited, Simon. Abraham slept with Hagar, and now they're bombing each other in Palestine. Abe, should have waited. Should have waited. Zeal to go is dangerous if it is not backed by the Holy Ghost power. Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. Go and wait. He instructed them 40 days and they waited 10. Because he said these words to them. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. What he is saying is that I'm going to ask you to go places that you can't go by yourself. I'm going to ask you to do things that you cannot do by yourself. Your talent and your gift is not going to help you. You're going to need Holy Ghost power. When we consider the day of Pentecost, Pentecost is not a denomination. It's more than we, we have the name Pentecostal Church because it fits to our understanding of Scripture and experience. But Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecost is not a religion. Pentecost is an experience and a relationship that transcends membership of a church, that transcends going to a building. It's a lifetime power. Lifetime power. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul writes about this power when he says in verse 20, And now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power. Somebody say power. I want that power. I need that Holy Ghost power. I need that. If God's going to use me in the go, I'm going to need that power. Hallelujah. It was coming in the flame of fire. The Lord prophesied that it would come. It would come like living water. Amen. It would come like John the Baptist said, like fire that burns up chaff. Amen. It is power. It's anointing. Amen. 
Let me just stop and tell you, the world has said there's nothing to that tongue-talking business. But what happens with the Holy Ghost is it takes an inadequate person and turns them into a powerhouse. It takes somebody that has no talent and turns them into an anointed preacher of the gospel. Wait, then go. Wait, then go. What are we waiting for? Power to go. Go with anointing. Go with power. We, we must heed the command of God to go, but we first must heed the command to wait. We need to be operating in the same anointing as the early church did. Then we must have the same experience, the same power. Amen. The Acts church did go. But not until after Holy Ghost power in them. When you begin to look at the church, this is the church report. This is a church report. Acts 1.15, 120, original nucleus of the church was born with the Holy Ghost outpouring. We find that in Acts 2 and 41, 3,000 on the day of Pentecost were filled with the Holy Ghost. In Acts 2 and 47, people were added frequently, frequently to the church such as should be saved. Acts 4 and 4, 5,000 plus men and uh, plus men, 5,000 men plus women and children born again. In Acts 5 and 14, multitudes were being saved. In Acts 6 and 1, addition uh, uh, went from it went from addition to the church to multiplication. God began to expand it because of power. In Acts 6 and 7 religious leaders were converted. In Acts 8 and 12 Samaritans were converted. In, in Acts 8 and 38 Ethiop, Ethiopians were converted. In Acts 9 and 36 an entire town at one time committed to Christ. I'm talking about they could have never done that if they didn't have Power. Amen. In Acts 11 and 21, a great number of Gentiles became Christians. In Acts 13 and 12, a Roman proconsul believed. In Acts 14 and 1, large number of Jews and Greeks accepted the faith of the kingdom. In Acts 16 and 33, the keeper of the jail and his house was saved. In Acts 17 and 12, prominent men, women began to follow Jesus. In Acts 18 and 8, a ruler of the synagogue and the household became believer. Daniel had prophesied and the Acts people fulfilled it when he said, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Wait, then go. Wait, and then go. When Jesus said, you shall receive power, he was making more than just a statement. He was declaring a fact. A fact. A fact. Many times we try to do by human power what could only be done by Holy Ghost power. We try to accomplish by human talent, what can only be done by spirit power. Great teaching is essential. Great singing is important. Amen. Great worship is awesome. But it takes the anointing of the Holy Ghost that makes a difference. 
Hallelujah. Hollywood has great music. Hollywood has great entertainment. What is the difference? What is the difference? Holy Ghost. You know what? It'll take someone, amen, that is spiritful, uh, full of the Holy Ghost, that begins to sing, and they look, they say, that's something different about that girl. There's something different about that woman. Is it because of her ability or his ability? No. It's the power of the Spirit within. It's because somebody decided before they would go, they would first of all wait. Wait for the power of the Spirit. Wait. Oh, wait. God wants to send us out. God wants us to go. But first, He wants us to wait. To someone today that is chomping at the bits for ministry, desiring to be used by God in some way or fashion, here's what I recommend. First of all, seek the Lord and wait. That during that time, serve, work. What your hands find to do, do it. Well, if they knew how good I'd preach, I'd be preaching camps and conferences. Maybe if they saw how good you can serve, they'd see. Oh, that's that there. If they knew how good I, I was, then I, I'd be doing this and that and. I, I tell them how to do it. You better wait. 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 What is the writer that said? Not by might, nor by power, my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. If you're going to get through this life, it's going to be because you waited before you went. You wait, and then you go. You wait, and then you go. Consider with me for a moment those that have worked hard to get into a place of the kingdom. How many years did Brother Mark serve this church and our youth? How many years did he give? How many years they've been in Russia now? 25. 25 years. I guarantee you that the enemy said you'll never make it. If you've never been to Russia, let me just say, flying in, flying in, you can feel demonic spirits. There is a strong principality in Russia. You walk among the people, one of the weirdest feelings I ever have had in my life was being in that massive subway system and nobody talking. Massive people milling around. Nobody looking eye with others. It may have changed now. I don't know. But I will tell you, the reason for that is the enemy is working hard. And before someone like, like the Stumbles could go and do what they had to do, they had to wait until the power comes. Wait. Oh, God, I've got a future. I've got a ministry. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I've got a future. I want to do this. I see myself. I see where I'm going. I've got a desire, and it seems like it's not working. Wait. Wait. 
Wait, because there will come a day that Holy Ghost power will come upon your life and you'll say, that's why, that's why, that's why. Stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah. Wait, wait. Wait for the Holy Ghost to come upon you. Amen. Let me just tell you this today. Regarding the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power has already fallen. It fell in Acts chapter 2. It fell upon the, the world. Amen. Now you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for whosoever will. Whosoever will. pastored a man in Tennessee drove a truck he was one of these guys that he lived for God he'd backslide he'd come live for God and he'd backslide honest brother Matt I wanted to hit him on the head with a hammer when he got to pray through and tell the Lord he just died I wanted him to be saved in and out in and out I don't know what message he was listening to. He was a truck driver. He was listening to a message in his truck. But he said something came over him. And he pulled his truck over to the side of the road on the interstate. Got out by the right front tire. Knelt down and began to pray. And God filled him, Brother Joe, with the Holy Ghost. He was a changed man. What he could not do in his own and by himself. God takes him and fills him with his spirit. And then all of a sudden, he's empowered. God takes people like Peter that wanted to strike, wanted to fight, wanted to deny. And he did. But fill him with the Holy Ghost. And he becomes the power-packed preacher of Pentecost. Why? Because the Holy Ghost will make a difference. Amen. Let me say, if you have been filled with the Holy Ghost and that spirit and that relationship is lying dormant, amen, get renewed today. Get renewed today. If you've never been baptized with the Spirit, amen, He wants to fill you with power that you've never experienced. Power to overcome. Power to get through. Power to do what you cannot do on your own. Amen. This altar is open today. I want to Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.